This is Sound and Vision on KXP. I'm Rachel Stevens filling in for Emily Fox. June 24th, 2022, the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade after nearly 50 years. The constitutional right to an abortion no longer exists. This news has shaken many communities, including the music industry. On the episode today, I share conversations with three women in music who talked with me openly about their experiences with abortion. Later in the show, I talked to Adia Victoria. I'm someone, I've had an abortion, and I did it so that I was able to fully live my life. And I'm not sorry, I have no regrets. And Amanda Palmer. I've had three abortions. And I am an artist who works through the difficulties in her life by writing songs about it. (laughs) But first, a fangirl moment with a feminist legend. I'm Rachel Stevens, and I'm trying not to freak out right now because I am talking today with singer-songwriter of 22 studio albums, owner of Righteous Babe Records, Grammy Award winner, author, feminist icon, legend, Ani DeFranco. (laughs) Good morning. Good morning. (laughs) I am walking out in the rain, and I am listening to the low moan of the dial tone. Thank you for being here. Yeah, my pleasure. So you, along with Pearl Jam guitarist Stone Gossard, have released a new single called Disorders. All proceeds of this song go towards the National Network of Abortion Funds. Tell me what this song Disorders is about. Well, I made the lyrics part of the song and I just was kind of feeling all the feels, you know, about this political regression uh, that's happening (laughs) on so many levels. And, um, you know, I watched the Kavanaugh hearings. I watched the Judge Katanji Brown Jackson hearings. I watched Mississippi, I listened to, you know, Mississippi versus the clinic and it's, and it's so deeply shocking and deflating and enraging. And I guess all that kind of went in, into the song. And you, I mean, you put this song out before the decision, before where Roe v. Wade was reversed. Well, um, you know, the process of the song was kind of a high-speed adventure. Um, <laughs> my friend Skerek, who's buddies with Stone, he said, oh, you know, he was at my house and he said, there's this track that we've been working on for years and we can't find a singer. Maybe you could take a crack at it. And a couple days later, I was in COVID quarantine, actually, <laughs> stuck in my she shack by myself for days and, <laughs> and just wrote lyrics to it and sang and came up with a thing. And then I went and recorded it. And um, soon thereafter, I and we all found out, uh, you know, the leaked 
mm. memo about this Roe v. Wade reversal came out and um, you know so we just decided we got to get this track out there ASAP we have to make it a benefit um, to try to mitigate the damage of this of this decision so that's how it all kind of went down And how did you decide on the National Network of Abortion Funds? Well, you know, we wanted to support women who can't afford now to procure an abortion because they have to fly out of state and stay two days and do all these, you know, jump through these insane hoops if they were to possibly get an abortion and not all women have the resources, the time, the money to do these things. So there are what they call abortion funds to raise money for women who desperately need to terminate a pregnancy but don't have any money um, to help women like that. So this is a national umbrella version of that to help women in every Republican stronghold who are desperate and need help. Right. And speaking of these Republican strongholds, like you live in New Orleans, right? I sure do. Wow. And like Louisiana is one of the states uh, who have effectively completely banned abortions. Um, Like, how do you think this law will affect you, your neighbors, your family, your friends, your community? Oh, it's just so sad. It's just so awful what it does to women. I mean, it, it, unwanted babies and forced mothers are the last thing our society needs. Um, I was pregnant when I was 18. And then again, when I was 20, I had two abortions. And my whole life has been gifted to me by the brave people who provided me that service and that health care. Mm-hmm. Everything I've ever done, you know, mm-hmm. I... I don't know who or what I would be if I had been forced to have children at 18 and 20. Um, You know, and then I happily had a baby at 36 and again at 42, and it was the greatest blessing of my life. And those children are happy Mm -hmm. um, and provided for. And I mean, the alternative is just, just devastating to women and to children. Yeah. (laughs) Um, especially poor women. I can't even imagine the effect in in a place like Louisiana where so many women live close to the edge. Yeah, it is. I mean, and I'm a mother myself too. Like pregnancy is not easy. It is not something that is like, just do this, you know, like it is, it is tragic in its own way. And, you know, I heard somebody speak to it in one of these court cases, you know, these justices that, that pretend, yeah, just get, just have the baby and give it away. You know, (sighs) that's fine. Why don't you just do that? Why don't you just shut up and do that? And I'll tell you, yeah, not only is pregnancy a life changing, grueling task and labor, um, the greatest labor anyone will ever undergo. I personally could never birth a baby and give it up for adoption. That to me is cruel, more cruel than abortion, you know, but everybody has 
their own sense of these things. Mm -hmm. Every person with ovaries. And I think following their heart about what is right and um, what is the the least traumatic, the least uh, amount of suffering, you know, what is the path of the least suffering? I think that is an answer that occurs in a woman's heart, not, not in the halls of government by men who will never experience such a decision. You're on tour right now. Uh, you played a sold-out show in Seattle last night. And uh, your shows have been known for fostering this community, this communal space and being together. And you've been making music for a long time. I just want to ask if any songs are hitting different now when you're performing them in light of this news. Oh, yeah. I mean, luckily, I got plenty of songs in my old (laughs) bag of tricks to (laughs) pull out. In times of crisis, it's crazy how horribly relevant songs remain, even after decades, you know. Please don't, please stop. This is not my obligation. What does my body have to do with my gratitude? Being allies is so important and ever more important with what we're facing. And I I just, you know, to think about women being pushed so far into the dark ages and and, and the lack of, of rights of any kind to have the life that they choose, if that could bring us together across you know, racial lines and across lines of sexual orientation or whatever the hell. (laughs) And man, what a powerful, I really just, I have this vision of, of women showing how it's done, how we get out of here, you know, and that's, that's my ultimate dream. And I just want to be a part of it. <laughs> Do you know how we get out of here? Can you tell us? <laughs> like together, we stand together and we hold each other up and we have each other's back and we don't stop until each one of us is liberated. So I've been talking with Ani DeFranco, who's on tour right now. Thank you so much, Ani, for your music, for your work, and for chatting with me today. Hey, thanks for your time too. <laughs> next guest is Amanda Palmer. You might know her from her punk cabaret duo, The Dresden Dolls. She's currently a knockout solo artist, best-selling author, and general feminist. I caught up with her earlier this week to talk about a song of hers that she performed at KXP in 2019. The song is called Voicemail for Jill. Jill, it's Amanda just waving from London. I know that you're going tomorrow, the hardest decision. I've been on the side of the phone for a month and I know you're in hell and you know that I know what you're feeling. Life's such a bitch, isn't it? Can you tell me what this song is about? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's a song about abortion. <laughs> it's like an un, unsubtle song about abortion. Um, and it's it's really hard to write about abortion. It's really hard to write write a song and make art about abortion because it's just such a weird topic. And so like, so weirdly political and emotional at the same time. And it's actually, it's the third song that I've written about abortion. And I feel like I finally got it right. <laughs> um, and part of the, the puzzle of writing a song about abortion was what voice to put it in. And when I realized that I could write a really good song about abortion by leaving a message, like a, a song that was basically a voice message from one woman to another on the day of an abortion was a really good package because because it's so apolitical and abortion is very political obviously but it isn't it doesn't feel political when you're walking to an abortion it feels pretty personal i'm not sure that you'll get this in time i don't know if you're checking your voicemail at all but in case it's the morning and you're off of the green line and walking through copley i want you to stop for a second i want you to listen You don't need to offer the right explanation. You don't need to beg for redemption or ask for forgiveness. I put out a song called Oasis in 2008 on my first solo record that also has the word abortion in it. But it's, it's actually pretty important to point out that I was still at the point in my career and in my life where I could only write a song about abortion that was really funny and ironic mm. <laughs> because it was the only door I could find into the topic. And so it was this like really like deliberately upbeat, cheesy, poppy Beach Boys song with full oohs and ahs in the background because it was the only way I could protect and package the topic. The difference between making fun of something and using black humor in art is is a a fine line, but there is a difference. And yeah, and this song isn't funny. Voicemail for Jill is not a funny song, but it's also not it's not a heavy-handed political rage song either. It's a song about what it feels like to go get an abortion and to be the supportive friend calling your your other friend saying, hey, listen, I've been there and this is what it feels like and your feelings are valid and they're complicated and they're weird. And why is this experience, why is abortion and um, why this topic, why do you want to write about it so so badly? Uh, because I've had three abortions and I am an artist who works through the difficulties in her life by writing songs about it. <laughs> so... Chances are, if I've gone through something difficult, you're going to hear it eventually come out on a Dresden Dolls record or on an Amanda Palmer record because it's it's my form of therapy. And since I'm a really emotional songwriter, guess what I want to write about? <laughs> like The difficult emotional things that I've been through, even if it's stuff that makes people uncomfortable, especially if it's stuff that makes people uncomfortable because I know enough about myself at this point in my career to know that I'm not afraid to do it. 
and that if I'm willing to do it, I might as well go do it. Well, thank you so much for being here and for writing about abortion. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about on this subject that I didn't touch on or, t- or ask you about? I think it's important for anybody of any gender and any age out there making art to remember that we as artists, as songwriters, as dancers, sculptors, novelists, painters, that we actually have a really special tool that journalists don't have that, you know, that just, you know, plain old activists don't have, which is art can be a really critical backdoor into change. And what we can do and say in art can sometimes be the key to unlocking progress, but you have to do it and you have to be willing as a guy who has had an abortion as a, you know, as the person who has taken the friend to an abortion, you know, as the mother of five who had the abortion that no one knew about, as anybody who has been abortion adjacent, which is pretty much everybody. (laughs) Now is not the time to be silent. Now is the time to take those experiences and work them into your artwork. Because if everyone is silent, because it's an uncomfortable, squicky subject, we are all I've been talking to Amanda Palmer about her work. Here is her song, Voicemail for Jill, performed live on KXP in 2019. Jill, it's Amanda just waving from London. I know that you're going tomorrow, the hardest decision. And I've been on the side of the phone for a month and I know you're in hell and you know that I know what you're feeling. Such a bitch, isn't it? When you have a baby, they throw you a party. And then when you die, they get together for a cry. But no one's gonna celebrate you. Gonna bring you cake, and no one's gonna shower you with flowers. The doctor won't congratulate you, no one on that pavement's gonna shout at you that your heart also Not sure that you'll get this in time. I don't know if you're checking your voicemail at all, but in case it's the morning. And you're off with the green line and walking through Copley. I want you to stop for a second. I want you to listen. You don't need to offer the right explanation. You don't need to beg for redemption or ask for forgiveness. 
And you don't need a courtroom inside your head Where you're acting as judge and accused and defendant and witness It's a strange grief, but it's grief Look at all the women in the street You know the statistics, Jill Even though they may not help Isn't it amazing? How we can never tell Who is in an identical Rachel Stevens. This is Sound and Vision. I'm here with the incredible Adia Victoria in the flesh, which is kind of amazing to do in this day and age. That's right. <laughs> you are touring right now, and I'm so happy that you stopped by. Welcome, Adia. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here Yay. in the flesh. Yeah, in the flesh. <laughs> 
I really want to talk to you about a specific song of yours. In May, you released this beautiful song called In the Pines. I saw Jesus Reaching at me from a sign on the side of the road And beneath was a cross on the ground where they found you cold That night your mother cried for Peter, Paul, and Mary and she cried Can you tell me about this song a little bit? Yeah, I'd love to. So, in the Pines, I... It was a song that began when I was thinking about one of my my close friendships um, from my girlhood growing up in South Carolina. And, you know, the main character of the song is is this girl who's just completely lost and um, can't seem to find her footing in the small little conservative town that she, you know, has grown up in. And the story is told from the point of view of her best friend who's just watching her slowly, you know, slip away and, until eventually she passes and I, I think that it's, it's funny because the main character is as much me as it is so many other girls that I knew that just you know could not seem to find their way and were bent on self-destruction because you know any aggression that they may have rightfully had towards those around them just you know was forced back inward and I wanted to also use the classic uh, folk song in the pines that refrain um, as a way to ground the song, to locate the song, and and also to keep these folk traditions, these Southern folk traditions alive, um, to keep them relevant to uh, stories that are happening uh, right now around us. And you said for you left that you didn't know how I could stay With the people round here And the pines, and the pines where the sun and the song benefits the Carolina Abortion Fund. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me why you picked that that place? You know, I chose the Carolina Abortion Fund um, because I'm from South Carolina, and I understand what a young woman has to lose if she's forced to give birth, if she is, you know, forced to go through that experience. And I'm someone I've had an abortion, and I did it so that I was able to fully live my life. And I'm not sorry. I have no regrets. And I wanted to partner with the Carolina Abortion Fund because they are helping women live their lives and tell their stories. And and um, they're helping women in the South hold on to their autonomy in a world that tells them that they have none. They have no rights to any autonomy down to their body. And it was just important for me to use, you know, any humble tools, any resources I may have to, to pass that on. So who knows, like maybe their work will help some young girl in South Carolina tell her stories and and share them with the world. So that's why I wanted to partner with them. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And I mean, wow. So you released that in May and then the Roe v. Wade overturn happened Friday, this last Friday, I guess two Fridays ago now. Yes. Where were you when you found out this news? Uh, We were on tour. Um, We were in London and... You know, I, I'm not surprised. Like, this has been a a marathon for the conservatives. They've been slowly chipping away. And I, I, I can't be surprised by the depravity of these people because I understand the desperation and the fear that drives their actions, that motivates all of it. Because I grew up with these people. These people raised me. So I ha- unfortunately have, like, a front seat view to their psyche and the way that they think and all their justifications. And so, yeah, we were watching this happen while we were in our hotel room, uh, the band and I, in London. And... And I, and I hope people realize now it's like this isn't a joke. Like you can't take any of your rights for granted in a country that was started 
by owning other people in the genocide of an entire continent. It's like these people are not playing around. They're not joking with you. They're serious. Yeah, I think it got real, real for a lot of people that thought this would never happen. You know, like this week is like been like. Oh my God! I mean, look, y'all better start painting. I saw somebody tweet. They said Roe v. Wade uh, lasted shorter than Young and the Restless. I was like, y'all, y'all better stop messing around. These people, these people are crazy and focused. They are wild out here. <laughs> I haven't seen that yet. Wow. Um, oh my gosh! And so, like in North Carolina now, or sorry, South Carolina now, abortions are fully banned. Like it is like, uh, aren't they one of the states that it's like? There wasn't a trigger ban, but I'm, I mean, I'm sure that they're. Working their way, Governor McMaster is probably just, you know, waiting to sign the bill. But, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, I I think a lot of Republicans are trying to assess the the political collateral damage this is going to cause. Right. And um, I think they've, a lot of folks have got their fingers to the wind trying to see which way this is going to blow. So, we'll see. I was super lucky to sneak in and watch your session with Cheryl Waters on Thursday. And uh, you played a song called Heathen. Mm-hmm. I never bothered you, I never bothered this place. I thought it was, uh, it is a super powerful song already, but I loved what you said about it. Can you tell our Sound and Vision listeners a little bit about what that song is about? Absolutely. That's one of the earliest songs that I, I wrote um, after moving to Nashville. It was back in like 2012, I want to say. And it was a song that I wrote just about my own experiences with sex and my own um, story. And I thought about the the differences of, of, of how, you know, men and women and, and queer folks and everybody in between experience their sex lives and who gets shamed and who gets blamed and who, who's able to say, well, you know, boys will be boys and sow your wild oats. And I just realized how much shame uh, and blame is attached to sexual expression in our society. And I grew up with a whole heaping of that in, in the evangelical church. And heathen was just a way of taking all of that baggage off of me and giving it back to the weirdos that put it on a child. It's like, y'all are weird. This is a you problem. I'm doing something that is is natural and it brings me joy and pleasure. And, it, and it's none of your business. Like if I'm a heathen, leave me alone. But these people can't. They can't mind the business that pays them because they ain't got no business if they're not trying to control our bodies. I'm telling y'all, these people are weird. <laughs> I la- I'm sorry to laugh. Like, I think that you that is laugh like, at it. oh, my gosh. You laugh or you cry. Yeah, exactly. That's that's where I am right now. I have to point out, um, I also come from an evangelical background and um, bless it, bless it. And I love hearing you talk about it this way. I love hearing this song, Heathen. I love like claiming that word, mm-hmm. right? But I have to point out and ask, are you wearing earrings with crosses on them? I am. <laughs> I just would never wear a cross right now because I feel so uh, burned by mm-hmm. by my my past in the evangelical church. So, right. I mean, I have my own faith, and it is. It is mine, and I don't try and reconcile anything. It's like I don't feel the need to. I can embrace the tension. I can I can define what I want my faith to look like for me, and it's mine. And I'm not going to try and put it on other people. Um, but mostly, I just I wear them because they're cute. 
I wear because they're cute. They are very mm-hmm. cute. I'm, yeah. I'm. They are. Mm-hmm. They're really pretty. Yeah. You. What you're doing is you're claiming it as your own and not trying to put it on anybody else. And like that's exactly exactly what we're I talking mean, about. I mean, it's like uh, RuPaul said, "What other people think about me is not my business." I'm not trying to be your best friend. I'm just saying that if you're looking for more friends, <laughs> right. we could probably be now friends. hiring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can I get an amen? <laughs> um. Church. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Adia, for your voice, for your music, and just for talking with me today. Absolutely. Here's Adia Victoria performing Heathen, live on KXP on June 30th. I never bothered to ask. I never bothered with please. I never bothered with excuse me, miss, begging, pardon, darling, that ain't for me. I like to do things my way, but I don't do them at all. Cause first they ask you to compromise, and the next breath the man in you crawl. Y'all, I guess that makes me a heathen, quite possibly. Oh, darling, I am a heathen, oh, evil heart in me. He says I'm covered in sin But he didn't mind my ways last night And it sure ain't mind my skin But darling, I never talk You know that I never tell I'll be a tight-lipped confidant Your silent Jezebel Hell I guess it makes me the heathen Or something lower than dirt I hear you calling me heathen Woo! Like you think it hurts But Jesus came to me one day And washed my sins away But then I caught sight of those city lights and I was led astray Cause darling, I am a heathen Oh yeah, I'm bitter to the bone But if I am the heathen Then why won't you leave me alone? Oh, leave me alone I Go and leave me alone That was Sound and Vision. I'm Rachel Stevens. Remember to subscribe to this podcast and rate and review it. It truly helps the show out. And if you're a heathen who likes stories like this that we're reporting, consider a one-time donation at kxp.org sound. I guess you don't have to be a heathen either to donate if you want.